Welcome to the Restoration Church Life Podcast. We hope this resource helps keep you informed about the various happenings inside the life of our church and equips you to make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Hello, Restoration Church. Today I'm sitting here with Nathan Knight and Hector Feliciano. So just recently, Hector completed or finished the internship here at Restoration Church, and so we thought it would be wise and helpful since you, Restoration Church, have invested into his life uh, with time, with financial piece of our investment strategy, all these things, and so wanted to, to sit down with him. But before we get there, very briefly, Hector, how did you come to faith in Christ? Well, uh, it was through the ministry uh, of Restoration Church that I was able to own my faith through the discipleship with Joey and discipleship with Mike and through CGs and consistent regularly attending church that I came to to know Christ and to develop a personal relationship with Christ. And where were you baptized? At Restoration Church at Washington International. After you believed? In a cold day after yeah. I believed. So it's it's been a joy to watch you grow in your faith and grow to, to love and to make disciples. And so... Well, just real quick, isn't it neat to think that it was just the regular ministry of the church, nothing fancy, meeting up with people, community groups, praying with each other. That was how the Lord revealed himself to you and regenerated your heart. Yes? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Amen. I think Amen. it's easy to look past those things in our week to week. Yeah, and I get, and there wasn't like this aha moment per se. Well, you say it was a season when you look back and like, oh, that's what God was doing. It was essentially, yeah, just doing life with the brothers and sisters at the church, and the eyes being opened by the Spirit and the help of other brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. So you come to faith, you get baptized, you get married, you're a member of Restoration Church. And then you begin the internship process. So just tell us, demystify the, the, the internship. Just tell some of the, tell the folks what you did. What were some of the things that you did as an intern? I often like to put it in a way that essentially I was a regular member of the church on steroids. Um, a lot of my tasks and responsibilities in the internship um, are very similar to the things that a healthy member of a church would do. I was uh, serving the church in different capacities. Um, and the, there was an addition that I was reading a lot and writing a lot, a lot of books. Yeah, we'll come back to that in a minute. Wonderful content. In addition to that, I will be attending all the membership meetings, attending the elders meetings, attending the elders retreat, the men's retreats. I will visit church services with our pastors, and I will survey other pastors from other churches. I will sit on um, meetings for the CNDC group. What is the CNDC group? CNDC group is a group that of pastors uh, of the D.C. metro area that Joey and Nathan work into and do life with here in D.C., essentially encouraging one another, helping one another with questions or things that they may be um, encountering at their own churches and things like that. Yeah. Uh, but so, it's just like more of a support network uh, of like-minded pastors. So it's sort of 
So your internship, in terms of what you did, is analogous to, not that we're Jesus, but like analogous to what Jesus did. Like Jesus just sort of did the regular stuff. And then the disciples would then get access to go and ask Jesus, hey, what did that mean? Or what happened there? So that they would understand. That's sort of what you did. You kind of did the, with except with a couple of exceptions, you did kind of the regular ministry of the church, and then we would kind of retreat back to the elders, and you would work, talk to us, and we would help you understand why this happened, or why we did that, or why we didn't say this, and what this means in that book, and that sort of thing, to try to get further clarification, right? Yeah, correct. And, you know, I just, I also want to clarify, like, I actually came to, to realize that, you know, that, yeah, the internship gave me kind of like more access to uh, meet with our pastors and our elders and be, uh, do life on a more regular basis with them. But at the same time, help me realize that we ought to be thankful that at our church, um, that access is open, you know, that to anyone to do it. Like, you don't have to, like, I didn't have to be an intern to have that access. Like, Mm -hmm. I could, uh, send an email, a text, a call, um, to any of our elders and, and they will be open to doing that. Um, whether in person or Skype or phone call, like, yeah. Yeah, so you did have special access, but it wasn't like you were the only one that could ever have that access. Correct. Other members right, right. Yeah, and even all the books, we'll talk, we'll ask you in a minute some books you like, but yeah, all those books anybody could read and think through and so forth. As you mentioned, it's just regular stuff with a more intentional focus, and we were able to have some pre-scheduled conversations that happened every week for a year to walk through some of those things. And so what is it, as you think back on your internship, what are two or three key takeaways? You're like, my understanding or love for this has now grown. I will start with my understanding and love, obviously, for the gospel and for how the gospel plays such a huge role in forming and also sustaining uh, the life of, of the local church. Um, and then out of that, growing an understanding for how to protect the gospel, the treasure that we have in the gospel as individuals, but also as a corporate body. And then from there, a a deep understanding of how how a pastor's job is not just preaching. A lot more that goes... Don't tell them, Hector! (laughs) (laughs) No, that there is a lot more that goes into that in terms of shepherding, in terms of caring for their own families, and there's a a lot of humility in, in their lives are vulnerable and and on display 24-7. So, yeah, yeah. So, so gospel, just a greater understanding of pastoral ministry, that that it's more, it's not less than preaching and teaching, but it's more than that as you think about shepherding and tending and caring for uh, all kinds of people and where they are. So a deeper understanding of gospel, a deeper understanding of how the the people of the gospel, and then thirdly, the leaders of the gospel. And so tell us, you were challenged early on and throughout with success. Okay, so... Yes. Uh, what success is, that is. Yeah, what success... Not your own success in a way, but what is success? How do we define success? So tell us, walk us through that battle, that struggle in your heart, in your mind, as you work that out. Yeah, I. Uh, that was an area of humility. Uh, for me throughout the internship, it was hard because I'm a result-oriented guy. I'm a goal-oriented guy. I'm a doer. So to me, success was about uh, 
checking things off a list and getting things done and doing more and moving on to the next thing and seeing actual physical results that I can see, touch, feel from things. So I, I had a hard time when it comes to understanding success within pastoral ministry. Because it don't work like that. <laughs> Sometimes it does, right? It's not wrong to have goals. It's not wrong to have aspirations. It's not necessarily wrong to count things. I mean, I'm, I'm an engineer. I love to count. But if we begin to define success that way. So tell us as you work that out. Yeah, no, I was... Um, God revealed to me that success in our lives of what we ought to plan, we ought to strategize, we are responsible for putting in the work and because... You know, we are image bearers and he, he does things with excellence. But at the same time, all he cares for about is our motive. The motive is our hearts. And all he cares about is whether or not we are being faithful to, to what he's called us. Um, and, and, you know, that, that is something that we can all do, um, in all areas of our lives, uh, better. That is something that we can all help one another in the context of community to strive for. So of having faithfulness as the primary goal, motivation, aim of his success and leaving the fruitfulness, as much as we want to pray for it and even desire it, we cannot manufacture it. It's like the, the farmer can't go sow seeds and then try to pull the, the corn up by his hands. He must let what happens, happens. So, all right, so you did a lot of reading. Quite a lot. <laughs> and writing after the reading. Yeah. So it wasn't just reading, but we also had to write. So, Nathan, you want to ask him some questions about books? or Yeah, so favorite books. So you had to read everything from pastoral ministry books to systematic theology books. Yeah. Doctrine of God books. Mm -hmm. Apologetics books. Mm -hmm. uh, evangelism books. Evangelism yep. books. Uh, mercy ministry kind of books. Yeah. Um, so quite a broad range of things. So can you think of any, maybe one or two or three, that really stand out? Yeah. Um, I will start with Death by Love uh, was one of my favorite books uh, because I thought that that book helped me sit and reflect on, on the cross and on the atonement. Mm -hmm. uh, so what's the nature of that book? Why was that so helpful? What, what's it trying so, to do? Um, it's letters uh, from a pastors, uh, from a pastor to um, members of his congregation struggling with different areas, um, with different sins, and through those letters he uh, applies different aspects of the atonement to counsel um, these members. Yeah, uh, and I found it, I found it very helpful the way to hear. It was a very pastoral book. Like I found a very healthy, helpful way of for that we can all, whether pastors or or members or CU leaders, we can all use different aspects of the atonement to counsel um, anyone that we don't need to be. Death by Love, Mark Driscoll and Mark Driscoll. Gary Bashirs. That's yeah. a that's a favorite of a lot of people because yeah. it's because it does the doctrine of the atonement, but like Hector just said, it's applying it to specific situations. Good. What's another one? Um, another one was uh, the treasure principle. Oh. Um, okay. Randy Alcorn, the yeah. treasure principle. Yeah. 
you could you could read that book in an hour or two. Yes, very thin, very small book, um, but very helpful to understand um, that we are stewards of anything that we are given, whether finances or anything, and to have a heavenly mindset, heavenly focus, uh, rather than an earthly focus. Um, another favorite We have plenty of extra copies of that, by the way, listeners. Treasure Principle, where I, Randy Aquin, it would take you no time to read that. Yeah, another one was the Shepherds, uh, the Minister Shepherd, yeah. Charles Jefferson, written in 1904, I believe. So 110 years ago. I that was a great book, also short, also um, not a very complex read, but very very insightful into um, the life of a pastor. Um, so if you're ever interested in what is it that Joy and Nathan and our elders do on a day-to-day basis, um, read that book and, and, and learn about the lives and the complexities of... And again, we have extra copies of that here. It's a little small book, and it really gets at the heart, doesn't it, Hector, of the pastor. It's not so, yeah. much, it's not so much the what does he do, but the sort of how should he be doing it. So it's kind of, he talks about how a pastor should be more like a physician that cuts carefully, not like a meat cleaver that just chops off, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, yeah. Good. Okay. So, brother, when yeah. you think about all the meetings, you had a lot of meetings, right? So Elders you, meetings, you had to attend every membership introduction, yeah. every members meeting, and then you met with Nathan primarily, but even myself on occasion once a week, every week, in addition to other stuff. Mm-hmm. So any of those meetings stand out as more helpful than others? Or anything you it could be a funny story, it could be this is really helpful, it could be anything. Um the membership introduction uh classes were very helpful. Um it was a great refresher of why um we are members of our church and it was a great refresher of why uh local church exists. Um, would you think that would be helpful for just a person who's already a member to sit through again? Absolutely. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, and I will say, um, all, all the meetings, but also, um, attending the elders meetings. What are those very... like? Tell them like that. Are they incredibly <laughs> just exciting things? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting you to say no. Uh, no, it, it was eye-opening because we, yeah, I, I admit it, I had a, a a certain idea of what those meetings were, and when I came into those meetings, it was not what I was thinking. <laughs> so tell uh, them, fast, make it really fast. What did you think they were going to be and what were they? I thought that um, the pastor would be strategizing and putting together a lot of things for the church and... <laughs> Um, yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah, a lot of that, a a lot of those things do happen, but I was, um, it was very eye opening to me that to hear all the elders take a pretty decent chunk of that time to just pray for each person of the church and to, um, the unity, um, to see. Elders disagreeing with one another on certain things, and uh, at we the still same, love each other at, the, at end? the end of the day, loving each other, and at the same, at the end of the day, 
the unity uh, is centered on the gospel, not necessarily on each person's opinion. Um, so that yeah, that was, that was, and I praise God for our church uh, for the way that God has blessed our church in having elders that are diverse from different contexts, different backgrounds, um, uh, with different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, um, you've finished up. We even played graduation music for you. It was so celebratory. Uh, uh, so now what are you doing? What do you plan to do? Um, continue serving God, um, at Restoration Church. There we go. But at the same time, my desire is to, I was recently accepted to work for FCA. What is FCA? Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It actually came about, part of the internship was a meeting with the area director of Fellowship of Christian Athletes here in D.C. I met with him and Nathan way at the beginning of the internship and towards the end of last year God sort of grew a desire for the need of SCA. So what essentially they are a ministry that influences middle school, high school and college student and coaches through the platform of sports. They share the the gospel of Christ. And why I like them is because they partner directly with local churches. So it's not just doing work on campus, but it's actually going to the campuses and partnering with the local churches to continue that relationship, discipleship relationship. So my hope is that through that, I'll be able to be an extension of what's happening at our church and into these campuses of Georgetown, American University, Woodrow Wilson High School, as well as the schools in Mount Pleasant, Columbia Heights, because SCA has Spanish-speaking resources. So the hope is to, to do that. Wonderful, brother. Get a great opportunity to bless both worlds, as it were, to stuff Alejandro's doing, as well as, as the work of Restoration Church. And it will be exciting to see how that continues to unfold in the ministry opportunities. I know that FCA is, is young, and I mean, it's not non-existent, but it's young and not very robust here. Yeah. No, so there's a lot of opportunity. Right, especially in our area. I mean, Nathan is doing a lot of work uh, with the wrestling team at American University. Coaches meet there for Bible studies. A few of the coaches at American Universities and uh, one of American University's athletes uh, attend our church regularly. And she's talked to us about potentially starting a student-led um, group. Uh, so there's a lot of momentum in that area, but in our Northwest D.C. area, there's not a lot of presence of that. Well, may that change, brother. May that change. So, Hector, last question. I'm thinking about the average member of Restoration Churches listening to this podcast, and they may be thinking, well, gosh, Hector is a special superstar Christian guy because he went through this internship. Is that true, or is this something that, you know, at varying levels in terms of intensity, any member of Restoration Church could do in terms of grappling with the ideas, not necessarily doing the structured internship, but mm-hmm. could a average member of Restoration Church grapple with these ideas, pick up some of these books, 
attend some of these meetings themselves in order to grow for their love for Christ and his people. Can they do that? Or is this more just for special people? If you know me, if you, if you get a chance to hang around me, you will know that I'm by no shape um, a super person. Um, but yeah, uh, and I, in fact, I think and I encourage um, every single person to um, dive into these ideas, to take time to study, to take time to reflect on, on these ideas um, of local church, to think about um, the different aspects of the atonement mm -hmm. and to really reflect and think of why things are done the way they are done at our church mm -hmm. and to ask questions. Um, I, I was, I realized throughout the internship that a lot of the things that I was assigned with or tasked with, um, I had already done a lot of them just by being a healthy member of the church, by uh, being around the church uh, for several years before. And um, so, yeah, so, you know, this it's not, you don't have to be in an internship to have access to this content, to, these, to have access to this information or to um, have a better understanding of these things. But we all should have a better understanding of it. So I think it will benefit our individual ministry. And at the same time, I think that like Paul, like we've been studying Philippians, like we will honor Christ in a much better way. Amen. Yeah. So, so if anybody's listening and they want the internship reading list and scripture memory list, email me or email Nathan, and we'd be happy to give that to you. Even highlight one or two books out of each category and say, start with these books if you don't want to read everything. Talk to Hector, too. It would be another yeah. good resource. That's right. Absolutely. He's, That's right. he's more than equipped to do the same. But I love you, brother. Thank God yeah. for your ministry. And look forward to seeing how the Lord continues to use you. It was a joy to meet with you once a week. I already miss you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not my Monday mornings are not this yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. love you guys. And I'm really thankful for um, all your support for the way that you guys were willing to invest in, in, in giving me this opportunity. Really thankful for it. And that goes to the whole church. Yes. Yeah, amen. Amen. All right, Restoration Church, may God continue to give us grace to, to train up leaders and Christians that are the progress and joy of our faith as we've been thinking about in the book of Philippians. Amen. Hasta pronto. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Restoration Church Life Podcast. May God continue to give us the grace to make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ in Washington, D.C. and beyond.